And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real, you're already working hard to earn your money, but how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Don't just ride the index. Seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Sunday, March 27th. And today we are airing the second part of our interview with Bobby Rebel. She is a certified financial planner and a financial literacy advocate and journalist. She's also a friend of the pod. And she's written a new book called Launching Financial Grownups. Who doesn't want to do that? So here is the second part of our interview with Bobby Rebel. Now, we also get a ton of people who write into us and come on the show and they talk about their children and investing. And you have an entire chapter of the book devoted to grown-up investing. Now, how can we help these young adults start to manage their own financial lives? You want to give them information, but you don't want to do it for them. So what does that look like when it comes to investing? It looks like telling them that they have to be investing, but not telling them what they need to be investing in. It's giving them information, as you said, but also this is the key thing, not judging, because there's a lot of investments today that you and I are going to say, oh, no, oh, no, no, no. But what's important at this age, and they have time, you know, time is on their side, is that with at least an appropriate portion of their investments, they do learn what their actual risk tolerance is. I think the most important lesson you can teach your child is to be sort of, you know, sort of the EQ of investing, figure out what their real risk tolerance is, because it's probably lower than they think. And so they might see on Reddit, you know, these stocks are being, you know, blown up during the, you know, we had hurts during the pandemic, that kind of stuff. And everyone's talking about them. And, you know, they have to understand, well, okay, you can do that, but understand your information source, understand the risk and understand that that could go bye bye. Or it could do really well. A lot of people did make money on it. And that's why I say, don't judge where they're investing. Talk to them about why they chose that investment, what information they based it on, and did they really understand the risk. And understand also, there's a great story um, by my friend Jen Barrett, um, who wrote actually the book, Think Like a Breadwinner. And she talks about her teenager who, I hesitate to say it's investing, but he basically flips virtual stuff in the metaverse. Mm -hmm. And she's mortified. And yet he's making so much money. And so at the end of the day, it's trading. He understands the product. 
probably understands some of the risks to some degree. But again, he's very young. These aren't huge sums of money. And he's getting his feet wet and understanding it. And I think that is important to give them that freedom to understand what risk is comfortable for them and understand principles of investing like dollar cost averaging and diversification and things like that, rather than judge the specific investments. How do you feel about the parents who are also wading in on career advice? I feel like this is a little bit thorny because, you know, we have our experience of our careers and the workplace has shifted pretty dramatically. But, you know, I think especially I'm often asked by nieces and nephews about negotiation, for example, and it's hard. So how do you manage the, you know, being helpful and, you know, I think you called it like the pep talk in some respects, like, you know, you, like you want to be helpful, you want to be supportive, but you don't want to like be the hammer, like, no, don't do it that way. So what are some tips around that? It's a lot thorny, by the way, not just a little. It's so yeah. tricky. I think you want to work back what we've done and what I think worked really well for our oldest, who's now 25. This is my stepdaughter, Ashley, who's featured in the book. With her, she entered college and she was going to be a teacher. And she loved teaching. She was always a, a counselor at camps and always so good with children. And she also wanted to live in New York City. And she also wanted to own her own apartment at a young age. She had to think hard about that. And she and we talked to her a lot about that. We talked to her a lot about what, literally, let's look at apartments. Let's work backwards. What do you need for a down payment? What's your ongoing cost going to be? So she saw those numbers for the life she wanted not us. She wanted that. And she made a decision to switch to the school of informatics. And she now works, I'm going to bungle what she does a little bit, but basically she's a cybersecurity analyst for a major firm. And she makes a very good living for a 25 year old. I'm so proud of her. And that really worked backwards from the lifestyle that she wanted to lead and not be dependent on us. And I will tell you, on the day that we closed on her apartment, we had to be there because of the co-op rules, but she saved that down payment. She saved the closing costs, which we were very nervous about the closing costs. That mortgage, we see it go through just because of the way it's set up. She pays it to the penny every month. I have no fear of her having any issues with it. She even Jill, she even had, when she was moving in, a spreadsheet of where she was going to buy different stuff to set up her apartment. You know, all these little things. You need to buy a tissue box. You need a paper towel holder, all this stuff. She sourced that and priced it all out where she was going to buy different things. She was able to do that because she made the decision to have this career. Now, back to what you said about the parents watching the kid in the basement working these, you know, 20-hour yeah. days or whatever. Yeah. She's doing that. Let's be honest. She works her tushy off. She's on vacation right now. And I think she took three hours off to go skiing. She was literally sitting at the ski lodge working on her vacation. And she works for a company that is like, oh yeah, we want to support families and, you know, take time off and depth, you know, but the kid (laughs) on her vacation, you know, she's still relatively junior. She's 25. And she and her boyfriend were sitting there. He has a similar, you know, works for the same company, similar type job. They're grinding, you know, they're working so hard for that money. And I'm just really proud of her. But she, you know, it was a tough choice. She, she chose a career that, that was, you know, to a large degree for the money. She's really good at it, too, by the way. You dedicate this to your parents. So talk about how, how were you raised around these issues? You know, money was something that when I was younger, they always created a feeling of security. I've only discovered in the writing of this book that there were ups and downs for sure. You know, we lived in the suburbs. My mom always wanted to live in the city. But financially, we lived in the suburbs. That's where we needed to be. and 
I was very um, struck by my mom's limited career options. She was a teacher and teaching is a wonderful profession, but my mother was a teacher because that was really the only option. She was too short to be a stewardess. She always wanted to travel, but apparently there were height requirements at the time. And once we were in school, she went back and got a law degree, but she never got the same traction that she would have had she been in that generation, a man and been able to do it at the younger ages at that time. And that was always something that struck me as, you know, being aware of the opportunities that I have, being part of um, I'm a Gen Xer, so being part of Gen X, we'll say. And my father, you know, he was a grinder. He, you know, he worked really hard um, versus a lawyer and on Wall Street. And I saw him working so hard all the time, really having the stress of providing for our family, but also the benefits of success later in life as he moved into investment banking and, and was able to have much more financial freedom. That said, I think one of the challenges when you do grow up in a financially secure family is you don't always necessarily appreciate how much life will cost. And when I was looking at careers, I always wanted to be a journalist. And I had an internship at CNN in the summer before my senior year because, and let me, I backed into that the wrong way. He wanted me to work on Wall Street where he was, and I wanted to be a journalist. And so the compromise was that I got an internship at CNN Business News. So the idea for my father was, he said, okay, I'll support you. You know, you can live at home. I lived, I ended up getting a free apartment in New York City, but that's a whole other story. But, you know, I'll support you for the summer. You don't have to get a paid job, but you're going to do business news because he wanted me to have that protection that I could go and work on Wall Street if I needed to. And in the end, the compromise was business news, which frankly pays a lot more than a lot of, you know, local news or general news. And he felt I always had an exit to go work in finance because I was able to understand the markets. And even recently, and you know, Mark will laugh at this, I was not a CFP when my first book came out, but I did become a CFP. And even then, and I think I joke about this in the book, he still asked, so are you going to go work for Goldman Sachs now? Like, what's going on? <laughs> Morgan Stanley? Like, are you finally getting a real job enough with this, like writing books and authors and being a TV anchor, like grow up already. So, you know, it's a balance. Like I, he's always said how proud he is of me, but I do think that he wished I had, I've done fine, but I would have made more money probably had I been successful on Wall Street instead of successful in journalism. And so it's tough to watch your kids, but he has let me live my own life. And I do appreciate that. And I love him for that. That's very sweet. All right. Before we let you go, you've got a new website. So tell us about that. What's what's going on with uh, grownupgear.com? Oh my gosh. Thank you for mentioning that. Yeah. Grownupgear.com is my merch site. It's merch for adulting. It basically celebrates adulting. It's super fun stuff. T-shirts, sweatshirts that say things like, I can't believe I'm a grown-up either because we all are in such disbelief. And it has baby wear that's super cute, bibs, great gifts. It's basically stuff to give people during life milestones, like having a baby, getting engaged, bachelor parties, bachelorette parties, all the fun things in life that we look forward to. Happy occasions. So thank you. So grown-up year is a lot of fun. And I've been having a great time designing stuff and the best selling stuff ironically is the baby stuff bibs mm. and onesies okay it is sunday and that means that you have a little bit of time to be thinking about your money your financial issues maybe you've not done your taxes yet we'd love to hear from you just go to our website jillonmoney.com click the contact us button and you can ask us any question that is remotely financial when you're there, sign up for the free weekly newsletter. Check out all the great content that lives on our website. It's all there, right there, Jill on Money. Do something nice for someone else today. Don't forget our mantra, grit, growth, grace. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow. 